Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A couple of updates on what's happening before we get into the meat of the uh, segment. So this would be the bread of the segment or the soda of the segment? I don't know. Well, you like the, the, yeah, you get your, your little plate with bread and butter. The appetizer, although you don't eat appetizers, one of your weird, weird beliefs. They make no sense whatsoever. Of course um, they do. Uh, so Joe Biden came out and announced, you know, the wind was blowing this direction. So he got out in front of the parade and is leading it as we uh, decided we're not going to buy oil from Russia anymore. I think it's a pretty good rule of thumb to not buy oil from countries you're at war with. So I'm fine with that. Russia continues to pound the bejesus out of Ukraine. There have now been 1.7 million people who have fled that country. And that number is expected to grow to 4 to 10 million, depending on who you ask. Um, price of gas hit an all-time high yesterday. It's only going to go higher. Just be ready for it. You know, budget accordingly. Realize however much you spend a month on gas is about to increase by... 25% or a third, probably. Yeah, and we're not fear mongers around here. I think I like to think of ourselves more as realism mongers. And uh, I was just reading a piece by a guy who is the general counsel for the NSA and has, has dealt with uh, cyber attacks for his whole career, uh, talking about how we are so completely unprepared for a serious level of cyber attacks from, from the Russians. Um, how we're just, we're so decentralized. He's talking about, you know, I, I could do a better job if I had it in front of me. It's over here somewhere. But he was talking about, Cyber attacks of uh, broadcast is covered by the FCC. They have their rules and regs. Uh, cyber attacks of uh, energy pipelines, of course, that's covered by the energy department. Cyber attacks of schools is covered by the Department of Education. And just how crazy that is. And he's arguing for a centralized authority and and and, uh, and counterattack capability and the rest of it. He's almost unquestionably right. It sounds like the sort of thing that never happens until we get yep. caught with our pants down, right. get done bad. Right. You fix that after a disaster. Right. Um, luckily, Anonymous and others seems to be keeping Russia so busy trying to keep their own stuff functioning at all that they don't have time to attack anybody else, which is awesome. Boy, I love that. Absolutely love that. This war, there, there, there are a lot of things we're learning. Everybody's learning. We're learning. China's learning. But the way corporate America has gone to war with a Russia, completely separate from the U.S. government policy, uh, is interesting. The way individual cyber actors are having, an, like individuals can choose to get involved in the war and have a major effect if you, you know, have the computer abilities that. Most of us don't have. Also, completely separate from the U.S. government. Right, right. It's something. It's, it's as if they took up arms and, uh, like a Hemingway character, went to to the Spanish Revolution. Yeah, yeah. Spanish Civil War. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, on a completely different topic, and we'll get back to some really interesting developments in Ukraine and the head scratching performance of the uh, Russian army. All sorts of wild stuff breaking on that front. Uh, uh, Bill Barr is out there. Uh, some days you eat the bar, bar, some days the bar eats you. 
It's William Barr, right? Yeah. Uh, I always get him and Bob Barr mixed up. Different bars. Totally different bars. One bar, very docile. Other one, break right into your cabin. Anyway, this is Bill Barr, the former Attorney General of the United States of America, part of the Trump administration. Trump was uh, super high on him until he turned on him. Uh, but Barr did an interview with Brett Baer on Special Report last night that was it covered all sorts of ground. Very thought-provoking. Hope you enjoyed as much as we do. Let's just uh, drop in a few nuggets. Michael, uh, kick us off with 70, please. One of the problems was Russia Gate. I think Russia Gate was not only a, uh, you know, a despicable, dirty trick that that uh, hobbled the first part of uh, uh, the president's administration, uh, but it also uh, affected a great damage to the United States. Russia Gate essentially froze the Trump administration from engaging with Russia. Now, that may have been a second-term uh, issue if, if uh, the president had won re-election. His point being politically, he just couldn't approach Russia or deal with Russia at all because the howls from the entirety of the mainstream media saying, see, see, he's in league with Putin, and turns out not at all. Anyway, speaking of the Russians, how'd they react when Biden was elected? 71. But when Biden won... Uh, I felt that there'd be no incentive on the part of the Russians to try to uh, use diplomacy to reach a stable modus vivendi and that they would just grab what they wanted under Biden. Then the next one. And then when he had the kind of exit from Afghanistan, which he did, and then when he essentially uh, took America out of uh, energy independence, increasing the leverage of Russia dramatically, I thought it was uh, inevitable. It's a real failure of our media because they uh, like Joe Biden so much that they're not focusing on that part of the story, that we willingly gave up chunks of our energy independence and became more dependent on Russia. How's that not a bigger story? Well, and by lessening the supply of crude oil to the international market, we raised the price, empowering and enriching Putin. He had that to a, a poor, spent, gray old man in the White House, and Putin thought, oh, my God, now is the time now. Uh, rolling on, Barr also talked about, oh, 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 I thought this was so interesting. I love it when I learn something new or I'm exposed to an idea that had never occurred to me. He's talking about, he was asked about the Durham probe. And whether the uh, the beginning of the Russia Gate or whatever the Russian collusion hoax thing, whether anybody was going to get indicted or sent to jail or or the rest of it, and Barr made a really interesting point in '74. There's a tendency in this country, and it's on both sides now, and it's more and more strident that you know you have to that, that the name that politics is all about convicting your opponent for a crime and finding a crime you can prosecute somebody on. I personally think that's misdirected. You can set out the facts uh, that are already public and out there, but instead of doing that, you know, like the shameful self-dealing of the Biden family, um, you know, instead of setting out those facts that are out there, you know, you try to push it into the criminal context, which then makes everything secret, Mm. and it sets a very high bar. That's and a he, pretty good point right there. It's a great point. He talks about the, our system makes it very difficult to convict somebody of a crime and punish them. It's beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, it's a very, very high bar. And the minute, in case you didn't catch it, the minute it becomes a critical matter, 
It becomes for very important ethics. A criminal matter. Yeah, sorry. Um, A criminal matter. It becomes for very important reasons, secret and extremely slow moving and extremely careful in a way that politics rushes by. Right. Which is why you have these investigations and hearings and years go by and then finally a report comes out. And if, and I realize it's unsatisfying, if you think somebody's actually committing crimes, you want them punished for crimes. But it would enable, for instance, a Joe Biden and a Hunter Biden to continue engaging in what Barr called shameful self-dealing. And because it's now in the province of criminal law, it'll be years till the facts are out, as opposed to let's just keep it in the realm of politics and hammer those facts right now. Quit wanting people to go to jail and lean more on people not getting reelected or getting booted out of office. Mr. Barr went on to describe his uh, efforts with the Trump administration and his uh, falling out with the Donald in a way that will delight everyone and annoy everyone, which is (laughs) sort of what we do around here. Uh, Why don't we take a pause and come back with a little more of the uh, William Barr interview? Also, poll shows that the non-interventionist portion of the Republican Party is vanishingly small at this point. It had been uh, pretty powerful for a while, but no more. All that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we just got this text. Somebody said they're in line at the Costco gas pumps, and it reminds them of the Jimmy Carter days. Are people lining up to get gas with the idea? I know. I heard somebody talking yesterday who does a radio show in Florida that said they drove to the airport for the weekend, saw the price of gas. That I'll fill up when I get back. They were gone for one day, one night. Came back the next day, and the price had gone up 35 cents Wow! overnight. Wow. So maybe people are filling up. Yeah, well, it wouldn't surprise me. You might as well. I mean, I would. Yeah, I should. I wouldn't. I just I, people have always overreacted to gas prices. I don't. What What is your time worth? Are you gonna if you're waiting in line for thirty minutes to save a dollar and a half? Okay, your life's different than mine. Oh yeah, I'm not waiting in some gigantic line. I'm just saying, you know, get it done sooner than later. Save yourself oh, yeah. a few bucks. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, back to the uh, Bill Barr interview. Brett Baer, one of the great interviewers, I think, in America, talking to uh, Bill Barr, former attorney general for Donald Trump. Um, and uh, my gosh, he's an old, old hand in Washington. Maybe you consider him part of the swamp. Um, but uh, he, uh, the second half of the interview, Brett moved into his relationship with Trump and his work in the Trump administration, that sort of thing. Uh, clip 75. Michael, this will delight and disgust everyone. Do you have a regret about that time? Or regrets? I wouldn't say regrets. I, I was, and, and am, you know, very uh, disappointed because I think a lot of people, including me, you know, made an effort to have Trump's administration succeed uh, and get reelected uh, because of a, you know, a, a good, sound record. And I think it was undone by his lack of self-control. Uh, and his, you know, pettiness uh, that r- rubbed a lot of voters the wrong way. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe we're going to play the clip that I'm. Uh, I heard the other day. Yeah, I think he continues on that theme in the next one, Michael. 
I've been a dedicated conservative Republican my entire life. I try to write uh, a fair and balanced book, and uh, I supported Trump. I went into the administration uh, to help stabilize the administration. I think it was overall a successful administration. After the election, I saw him change. He wouldn't. He would not listen to his advisors. He was very headstrong, and he was listening only to people who told him exactly what he wanted to hear, which was that the election was stolen. And uh, I looked at those claims and the, the stuff that was being thrown out there about the machines and all the other uh, uh, notions that they had was just not true. It was demonstrably not true. And I felt they were doing a great disservice to continue saying that it was stolen. Yeah, I heard him say on one of the shows the other day that if Trump were, I forget what percentage he said, just, you know, that's basically what we've been saying for years. You shave off 5% of Trump's personality, he gets reelected. I mean, Easily. just a little bit. If he hadn't behaved the way he did in the first debate, that might have been enough. Heck. And yeah, there were irregularities in Wisconsin being looked into. We're well aware of it. We've talked about it. Uh, final, uh, final go, uh, bar on Trump, 77. Uh, I don't think he should be our nominee, and uh, I will certainly not support him in the primary process, but it's inconceivable to me that I'll be voting for uh, a Democrat in the ultimate election. And so if he is the nominee, uh, looking at things now, and obviously a lot can change in three years, it's, it's inconceivable to me that I wouldn't vote for him as the Republican nominee. I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, what he said in there that a lot of people are missing is a lot is going to change in three years. Now, I mentioned that to our boss the other day who reminded me that people are going to start declaring in nine months. Probably. Is is there any way to stop them from doing that? People are going to start declaring that they're running for president probably in about nine months. Kamala Harris, I think Elizabeth Warren, I think they were both January or February. Uh, So, yeah, we're just that many months away from people starting to throw their hat in the ring. And it's as wide open on both sides as it could possibly be. We've talked a fair amount about Trump. And, you know, my theory, he will hold out the idea of him running till the last possible second and beyond uh, right up till Inauguration Day because he loves the attention and it grows his brand. Uh, But on the Democrat side, when does the tired old man confess that there's no way he can run again? When a majority of Democrats don't want him to run again? Hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. And nobody wants Kamala Harris, so it's just that's why it's so wide open. Yeah, Mr. Harris doesn't want Kamala Harris. Nobody wants her. <laughs> come on now. Yeah, you come on now. Did you hear she went to Selma and compared the Russian voting laws to the people getting beat down by the, yeah. the cops and, and fire hoses and German shepherds? That it's so it's such desperation. And I have a strong feeling that most of black America understands what a stretch that is. I hope I hope black folks do anyway. And and the way I mean, my gosh, you are so bereft of any arguments in terms of policy or or record, or anything like that, the way you got to rally people is to tell them you're about to get bitten by police dogs and sprayed with a fire hose? What? Where is this happening? It's just crazy. It's desperation. Looking at a poll of a number of different countries, including the United States, it is pretty clear what the number one political issue in the world is right now. Can hit you with that. Coming up here in just a little bit, Mm. among other things. Mm. Is it the one thing, or is it the other one? It's the one thing. 
Oh. You knew it. I knew it. Absolutely, I did. So 80% of Republicans say they uh, think Joe Biden should do more to help Ukraine. It wasn't that long ago that, well, speaking of Trump, Trump ran on staying out of all these other countries. Trump ran on no more endless wars. So did Joe Biden. And most of America was feeling that way. But now, all of a sudden, for a variety of reasons, um, only single digits of Republicans say we're doing too much to help Ukraine. Yeah, I, I think you got to be careful. Not you personally, but all of us have to be careful. Well, I need to be careful. Uh, in not, not differentiating between dumb, awfully executed wars and perhaps legitimate you know, efforts to counter aggression. Iraq quickly became stupid, terribly implemented. Our intentions were lovely. Our execution was horrible, and we got bogged down. Afghanistan, we were there years and years and years and years after Af- Osama bin Laden was dead. Did we? Did I dream this, or did we think we were going to put a democracy in those two countries? That can't be. Nobody would be that foolish. Having yeah, had no history of it at all. In their nation's histories. I remember it so vividly, and I know there are some of you out there busily typing your emails right now, pointing out that I'll speak for myself. I bought the intelligence that the administration, the Bush administration was pumping out, that it's a secular society. They're not going to be full of all sorts of Islamic extremism. They just want a, a decent... Uh, you know, administrative government that's not oppressive. They're dying for that. Be greeted as liberators. How many times has that phrase been thrown around in history? And how often is it not true? Yeah, I and Colin Powell got duped bad. Number one political issue by far, among other things on the way. If you miss an hour, get the podcast armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some more entertainment news. Last night, a new reality dating show called The Courtship premiered on NBC, and it's being described as a mix between The Bachelor and Bridgerton. But uh, unlike The Bachelor, the only disease they get from the hot tub is scurvy. Yeah, it's a fun idea, although the romance takes a while to get going because every piece of clothing has 125 buttons. Funny. Let's see. It's essentially The Bachelorette with Jane Austen cosplay. It's Bridgerton without the Netflix wardrobe budget and stripped of even the slightest whiff of sexiness. If any of that sounds appealing to you, or if you're a sucker for the kind of secondhand embarrassment that makes you want to... Yeah, that's Then i got to click on the story, but who has the time? Right. That's the review from uh, Yahoo News. <laughs> Wait a second. Let me see if I can find it. Michael, thank you for uh, sending me the link here. Uh, let's see. What did they say? Or if you're the sucker, a sucker for the kind of secondhand embarrassment that makes you want to melt in your couch cushions, you'll love it. <laughs> so U.S. gas hit a record high yesterday. It's not adjusted for inflation, so 
I don't think it actually is a record, but anyway, very close. Will be soon enough. Uh, average of 417 across the country. Now, California gas is much higher because we pile taxes on the price of gas that other people buy uh, for no good reason to waste on stupid, almost dropped an S-bomb. <laughs> to waste on stupid crap. But anyway, we got this text. My husband just paid 516 at the Costco in San Diego County. Now, Costco is usually the cheapest gas you're going to find anywhere. Paid 516. I said, you kidding me? I think six is certainly in sight soon. I mean, maybe by like next Monday, the way it's been going up. But seven, seven dollar gas in California. There are pumps for premium in L.A. area that are seven. Like your most expensive gas station, if you buy the super premium for your, you know, your Porsche, um, seven dollars. But average California price hit seven next month. Who knows? Could. And how will that affect things? Like Michael asked earlier, will it be enough to drive people to mass transportation? I think I would take turns carrying a guy on my back <laughs> walking to work before wow. I would ride mass transit. Piggy, piggyback uh, transit. Um, yeah, I, My legs what? are getting tired. Can you carry me for a while? Yeah, the ninety percent or ninety eight percent of America, you could not use a cattle prod to get them on a public transit. Literally, go ahead and shock me, jab me with that thing as much as you want. I'm not getting on in any damn bus to go to work. <laughs> Take me an hour and a half to get to the bus, right? And to get to work two hours early because the bus schedule. So, right, exactly. Um, this is an interesting poll. Because what issues matter to people drive politics a great deal. I'm sure this poll was taken mostly before Ukraine started, so you never know how that's going to affect things. But um, They ask a bunch of countries, including the United States, uh, UK, Japan, Italy, Germany, France, Canada, mostly our friends, asked women only, and women drive politics a lot. They vote more than men. Which of the following areas would you say is the biggest problem facing you and your immediate family right now? And overwhelmingly, I mean, it's not even close of the issues people were uh, given to choose from. It is inflation and cost of living. I mean, not even close. In the United States, it was 61% of women chose inflation and cost of living. COVID was way down at 8%. Jeez. Wow. Wow, unless you are, like, seriously immune-compromised and you have one lung. I mean, come on. Well, of course, maybe you got the long COVID and you're suffering from that. Oh, it's definitely your sense of smells from COVID. I was just reading about this, Jack, the changes in your sense of smell. It causes changes in your brain. The COVID huh, Okay, does. so it's not your sniffer that changed, it's your brain that changed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, if you haven't heard me talk about this, I'm smelling bad smells so often. Like today's driving me crazy. I'm like, did this shirt? Did the did I did I did I get this out of the dirty clothes or the clean clothes? I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm wearing all clean clothes today, but I smell terrible. And every room I walk into, I think, did the dog pee in here? I mean, I'm constantly smelling bad smells in a way that I never have before. And I don't know. Did I always smell terrible and nobody told me? And now I can smell? Or am I extra sensitive? 
No, but you, you think no, it's cold. You smell fine. Your attitude sucks, but you smell fabulous. You're yes. dumb as a horse, but you smell fine. <laughs> no. Apologies to horses. Uh, yeah, let me. I'll just hit you with a bit of this, and then we can get back to the other uh, thing. And I would be interested to hear if anybody else is dealing with this. Anybody else? And and what have you done? Just gotten used to it. It's really your only alternative, from what I understand. COVID-19 infection was associated with tissue damage and shrinkage in brain areas related to smell, a large new study found. Research published Monday in the Journal of Nature, led by University of Oxford researchers, is believed to be the first study that included patients who underwent a brain scan both before and after COVID-19 infection. Using the United Kingdom's Biobank, a large-scale medical database, researchers were able to track changes before and after infections in hundreds of participants. Uh, they think it can broaden their understanding of the disease, uh, obviously. Um, What's interesting, to, so am, am I smelling good things that sm- and turning them into bad smells, or am I just more sensitive to all senses than I was before? You know, I haven't gone out of my way to figure out if I, uh, if I smell pleasant scents. Maybe I don't smell pleasant scents anymore. I should try that out. Like if I can smell, I don't know, I need a fresh baked apple pie or something, you know, good to smell. Yeah, me too. Uh, so they tested all these people. Typically, they say if it feels like your brain is shrinking year after year, it's because it is. Um, Great. They think the amount of gray matter lost in the brain is somewhere between 0.2% and 0.3%. So a fifth of a percent to you know less than a third of a percent is not a lot. However, people who contracted COVID-19 had their second brain scan, an average of four and a half months after infection, experienced greater tissue loss study found. The effects ranged from 0.2% more than expected to a full 2% more than you'd expect compared to people who had not been infected. Somebody just texted, hey, Jack, I lost my taste and smell about 10 years ago just from a common cold. It came back and smells were heightened. I attribute it to the brand new nerves. You're smelling like a baby might be smelling for the very first time. So it's like my sense of smell is back to, I wish I wish it would happen to my eyesight or my hearing. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Wait a minute. I wish, I wish that would come back super acutely. I don't need my sense of smell to be acute. I wonder, although I, I want, this might be a different thing we're talking about because the perception of pleasant smells is unpleasant. Right. Is a, another symptom of COVID, well, but I certainly hope it, it bounces back eventually. I'm not certain which I have, well, so I need to see if I can smell pleasant smells. Yeah, or it I'm might be like, might be both. I don't know. It's kind of a complicated complicated set of of symptoms. It also makes me think COVID went through our house recently because I got COVID long time ago and I didn't have the smell thing. The smell thing is just recent, like in the last couple of weeks, and uh, and I was sick a couple of weeks ago, and I think I had Omicron. I think the whole family got it. None of us tested positive on any of the tests, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. I know I experienced a loss of taste. I started to listen to Lover Boy and watch The Bachelorette. Hey, oh. Hey, now. Come on, folks. Tough crowd tonight. Come on. Lighten up, would you? Does this thing work? <laughs> All right. I didn't like the shot at Lover Boy. Yeah, it's the first thing that popped up. I'll enjoy mind. some Lover Boy now and then. I apologize. <laughs> Everybody is indeed working for the weekend. We can all agree on that. Uh, Weren't we in the middle of a poll or something? Yes, we were. (laughs) I remember. Which polls? All of them. Okay. 
No, I don't think we're in the midst of all the polls. It was something about, the, oh, the biggest issues. That's right. COVID was down at 8%. I remember oh, what we, it was. I'm just not sure if I'm still interested. I tell you what, you'll be interested in this. Our friend uh, Kevin, the COVID correspondent, with some with some great data, some uh, graphs. I get this as radio. I'll describe them for you. The zero COVID fantasy is over in Oceania. 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 Uh, the, the region of the world that includes Australia and, and New Zealand. They are now having an enormous spike in COVID cases. They kept the wolf at the door for ages by not going out the door and not living their lives, not letting people exercise their constitutional rights, cruelly oppressing the people, and all it did was postpone it. You might argue, well, they're getting the Omicron instead of the Delta, and that's less deadly, but now they have an enormous spike in cases. That reminds me. I saw a map over the weekend. Let me see if I can bring that up, because we haven't talked that much COVID recently, obviously because of uh, Ukraine being in the news so much. If I can't find the map, I can remember the gist of it enough to comment, but... Um, it was uh, the New York Times is, for two years now has had a map on there and they have color coded of uh, COVID cases, hospitalizations, vaccinations, all, all sorts of different stuff. And I was looking at the map and most of the country now is like light yellow, barely colored at all for COVID cases and hospitalizations with a couple exceptions, which are kind of interesting. And then, you know, the country where they've got the vaccinations. Well, there were a couple of examples where. A couple of the most vaccinated states stood out in the country of having the most hospitalizations. Now, it wasn't uniform enough to draw a conclusion of a cause and effect because there were other examples that were the opposite. But you could draw the conclusion of it's completely random. The COVID just comes and goes depending on how it's going to come and go, whether y'all got vaccinated or distance or shut your restaurants or whatever, which seems to have been the case uh, pretty obviously anecdotally for quite a while. And, of course, there was a study that came out, that Johns Hopkins study that more or less proved it, that it's just, it's just random. Especially the governmental aspect of the shutdowns were, were useless. People protecting themselves, recognizing the risk and adjusting their behavior, that's pretty effective. Your chance the of dying stuff was terrible. Your chance of dying goes way down if you get vaccinated. I mean, right. there's just no debating that. But as far as COVID cases and getting COVID or whatever, whatever. Geez, shut up. Nobody should ever talk about that ever again. Nobody should ever talk. How are there still dots on every store I go into six feet apart the way we're supposed to stand in line? Hilarious. There's not a human being paying any attention to those, and they were pointless to begin with. How long will that hang around? How long will the glass partitions be up everywhere I go so I can't hear the woman behind the counter who's saying, behind her mask and her glass, what? I stick my head through the little window. What? <laughs> well, as you know, COVID becomes uh, confused by glass. It runs into it like a sparrow and is knocked unconscious. It it doesn't know to get around the glass based on air currents. It's too stupid. So keep the glass in place, idiots. Keep it in place. In the same way that COVID knows the dangerous corridor between the door of the restaurant and the booth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it dare not infect you while you're standing. But as soon as you sit down, it strikes! <laughs> boogity, 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 COVID, boogity. <laughs> anyway, we'll finish strong next. An aggressive scent. Coronavirus! Armstrong and Getty.
Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, there was no reason for that I at know, all. I, I would put, put people's lives into safety. I, and everything. I just found out that Putin is just said he's going to launch nuclear thermal war against the world. I was trying to get back to my house. Finally, what's going on? Yeah. So, is that just trying to get out of a traffic ticket, or is that a legit ex- excuse? If you just heard on the radio that Putin's threatening nuclear war, you might hurry home. Yeah, it's worth running up the flagpole, I guess. Or maybe you don't speed and care about your fellow motorists. <laughs> well said. Well said. You know what I'd like to hear? Um, play me clip number nine, Michael. Who's the Mike who? Huh? Hillary, Are I assume. Is- open to running for president again? <laughs> oh, no. come on. Just no. long run, No, but I'm... <laughs> well... No, but I am certainly going to be active in supporting women running for office. Oh, that's Mika, not Mike. Mika. Sorry, my allergies. I can barely see. Uh, okay, that was fine. So Hillary says no, <laughs> not open was to run. Fine. Huh. Okay. Well, that should been shouldn't that have been bigger news? I didn't hear that. Me neither. Uh, it's just the whole Hillary thing is such clickbait at this point. She's run over and over again. Everybody hates her. <laughs> she 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 lost by like 80,000 votes. The Democratic Party's got nobody at she the head of it the right guy now. from The Apprentice. I think you could make a pretty good argument why Hillary should run from yeah, her side. Okay. Well, make it then. Absolutely make it. Run her up the flagpole one more time. See who salutes. Well, the argument is more of, if not her, who? Well, that's a sad state of affairs. Well, I didn't say it wasn't a sad state of affairs. <laughs> yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, speaking of politicos, we love this. Ron DeSantis uh, responding to a reporter. This is worth playing again. Michael, you got that handy? It's a 10. Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. It says it bans classroom instruction on sexual identity and gender orientation. For who? For for grades pre-K through three. So five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, and. Um, the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you, because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. I love and we're going to make sure that parents are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum. So I didn't follow this story. So I was just hearing it through the mainstream media and from what they talked about it on Saturday Night Live, the Don't Say Gay Bill, which, as I heard it through the mainstream media, was Governor DeSantis made it illegal in schools to say the word gay. Or he just doesn't want kindergartners through third graders being taught about sexual orientation, which I got to believe most Americans agree with. Which is completely different. And the whole don't say gay bill, the media and the Democrats named it that. That's not the name of the bill. Now six-year-olds pay attention. This is what bisexuality is. These are sex acts conducted by grown-ups. Here are a few more different sex acts. Now let's talk about your gender to six-year-olds. Come on. They got my 
can only give me what they got. This grill of fire work is not over. It's time for final thoughts. Yes. I like it. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, how about a final thought from everybody on the crew, starting with our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael? Yeah, I'm trying to think of ways to save money on gas. I think I'm going to start my car at the top of the hill, put it in neutral, just have somebody push, and then, you know. Always drive downhill. As much as you can, yeah. Yeah. Right, it's just a good tip. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Alex, final thought? Yeah, you know, Aaron Rodgers just re-signed for $50 a year with the Packers. The last time I complained about my team, refused to cut my hair, and went on different podcasts about it, I got escorted out of an Applebee's. So, good for him. exactly. Hey, you yeah. sound uh, you sound bad, Alex. Is uh, a week in Las Vegas maybe catching up with you a little bit? Uh, I have no on? comment. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Oh, Jack, a final thought for us? Uh, yeah, this whole... You know, this is the worst thing that happens to me physically in my life. I will not complain. But the fact that everything smells terrible all the time, I think because of COVID, is, uh, is going to take some getting used to. Like right now... Picture your worst experience in a locker room when everybody's just the smelliest. That's what everything smells like to me all the time right now. Wow. Wow. And obviously the problem with that, I mean, you can deal with it eventually. But you would like to know when you or others actually stank. Exactly. Yeah. Inconvenient. Meet a girl and say, you smell like the high school quarterback. What's going on here? (laughs) Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Why, I never... See you tomorrow. God bless America. Can we uh, get out of here, please? It's over! <laughs> oh, <No>. come on. <laughs> Just no. I said bye. Get the hell out of here! Absolutely. What the hell are you talking about? Well, I haven't said a word, so stop yelling at me. This is a perspective that our European allies share. Go away! When it comes on for you to go, you have to go. Are you sure of that, dude? Absolutely. So everybody chill. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.